0: Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, We're Not Experts But. Today we will be discussing the George Floyd protests against police brutality and I am here with Sarah Miguel. If you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Sarah Miguel and um, I used to go to school with Garve and I'm here to talk about how black lives matter.
0: And that's exactly what we're going to be discussing today, and uh, we're going to be discussing the nature of these protests, um, some of the ins and outs of these protests, and even our opinions on these protests. So is there anything you wanted to uh, start off with, Sarah?
1: I just wanted to start off with the fact that this is not a fight against race. These races, we are not trying to fight against you. We know that... Caucasians matter we know that Hispanics and Latinos matter we know that Asian people matter we know that Middle Eastern people matter but right now right here in this moment we are protesting that black lives matter because there are innocent people dying and no one is doing anything about it and it just needs to be stopped
0: yeah I think all lives matter is something that if you do say you should probably stop saying it because while it's understood that all lives matter, like all lives should be treated equally. All lives shouldn't have to live, uh, with any sort of fear because of their race or their sexuality or anything else that differentiates them from other people per se. But right now, black lives are the ones that are suffering at the hands of police, uh, and at the hands of some of the, um, the infrastructure of systemic racism that's been put into place. And, uh, that's that's exactly what we're fighting against we're not fighting against uh, we're not fighting against other races we're fighting against racism as a whole
1: yeah that's very well said um that's just a lot of like a lot of people don't understand that and they think that we are trying to say that black lives matter more we're not trying to say that we just want to be able to walk outside to go running to go to the store and not be targeted for the color of our skin
0: yeah, there's been there's been all too many situations where you see an African American person doing something that um you would expect a person to do whether they're white or black or anything else and they're treated differently for it and oftentimes that that different treatment manifests itself in police brutality.
1: Yeah, and just seeing seeing the people that are supposed to make us feel safe hurt us and go against this movement and turn some peaceful protests into riots and like something violent that just like that's not helping at all you can't you can't fight fire with fire and it's just it's not helping it's just making us more scared it's horrible
0: yeah it's really it's tough to see because it feels like we're in like a dystopian novel you know because we have these government institutions that are not helping with our cause right like um there's been many many witness accounts of uh undercover policemen going in and inciting violence in these protests to kind of undermine them uh and in fact a lot of times they'll be wearing like different colored bands on their arms to identify each other uh like in i think it was in seattle i believe um, there were policemen that were destroying their own car somewhere. I don't know if it's Seattle, but there were policemen destroying their own car to kind of undermine the nature of these protests. What a lot of people don't realize is these these protests started as a peaceful thing. Right. But you have like groups that are either white supremacist groups, people from out of town um, that want to capitalize on the looting or undercover policemen themselves. Starting these protests inside, or starting these riots, inciting these riots, and uh, kind of making everything worse for the movement.
1: Yeah, honestly, um, when I hear people talk about how, oh, all of these buildings are being destroyed and everything, and these these protests just need to stop. Um, most of the time, it's not the people who are protesting that are causing the riots. it's either cops or like you said, other white supremacist groups who just want to break things and make it look bad on us and on our part. And when people say that they want the protesting to stop, what do they expect us to do? We tried kneeling. That was a problem.
0: I obviously am not in favor of these riots like I'm not condoning them at all but you got to think right like we did peaceful protest we like kneeling during the national anthem is a form of peaceful protest yet that was somehow like the worst thing a football player could do right in the case of Colin Kaepernick and then on the other hand you have police protest or you have peaceful protests in the street being undermined by the people who are who are being protested right so it's I don't know it's really just kind of a twisted situation that um the Black Lives Matter movement is in and the movement against police brutality is in because um All the factors that are supposed to be helping them uh, just aren't working in this situation. Like, peaceful protest isn't working, and policemen aren't protecting the people. Actually, it's, it's just the opposite.
1: Yeah, and it's just so sad to see, like, oh my gosh. Another thing is that our leader, our president, is doing nothing but just giving everyone the okay to be violent.
0: Yeah, and uh, Trump actually did declare like martial law, which is defined as the imposition of direct military control over an area, like over a region. And in this case, um, I think he started with D.C. and he's expanding it to all the areas that the protests are in, which is very dangerous. So Trump was going to do a pretty like you guys have probably seen it, but it's a photo shoot with him holding a Bible in front of St. John's Church. Right, so there were a lot of protests in front of St. John's Church. So what Trump does, being the great leader that he is, is he tear grasses the peacefully protesting crowd, clears a way for himself, uses rubber bullets to um to repel protesters. And might I remind you, rubber bullets are not made of rubber; they're metal bullets coated in rubber that can be as big as like softballs, and they're not meant to be non lethal right so now they clear a path for trump to visit a damaged church so he can hold up a bible for a frankly unnecessary photo shoot when he could do much more good like first of all condemning violence in all forms right rather than exacerbating violence on the police side to combat the um the quote-unquote rampant riots that there are and he's he's basically con. um Oh, what's it called? He's he's accusing the protesters of domestic terror when it's it's just the opposite. Like he is kind of inciting domestic terror in the situation and it's something it's something that I hate to say, but we even see it in like uh, we're getting closer and cl- closer and closer to the image of a fascist leader in a historian's mind, you know.
1: Yeah. And honestly, another thing that many people um try and argue is the fact that he says he is a Christian and the fact that, like, he'll call for days of prayer for certain things. And that's where I have a problem, because you can say that you're a Christian. Christian is not just, like, honestly, now I feel like it's so broad that people just wear that title just so that people don't say certain things to them. Being a Christian is more than just going to church. It's more than just saying that you'll pray for people it's more than just saying that you're a Christian. And if you act like that, and you are calling people racist terms and you are making racist jokes, that is not Christian. You are not a Christian. You are just a hypocrite.
0: Right, and uh, actually his, his visit to this church is like uh, this violent visit, if you will. Uh, it was criticized by Bishop uh, Marianne Budd of the Episcopal Diocese of Washington who literally said that the president used a bible uh, without even asking the church as a backdrop for a message that's the opposite of the teachings of Jesus and everything that the church stands for you know so if you're if you're supporting uh, if you're supporting Trump or not make sure you think about your values and think about what he's doing and think about whether what he's doing actually matches your values you know cuz oftentimes you'll see that it doesn't I really challenge all our listeners who are um, kind of either uncomfortable with the Black Lives Matter movement or uncomfortable with uh, condemning some of Trump's actions to really, I guess, quantify your values, right? Like, think about what do you value uh, in yourself, in your family, uh, in your kids, or like in your siblings, in your parents. Um, Think about that and then think about the things that you were supporting and whether they match those values
1: exactly like him using the term when the looting starts the shooting starts are you kidding me
0: that actually that goes back to the 60s that was something that was said by um by a cop that was actually about to go out and uh brutalize a uh, uh, police chief that was whose precinct was about to go out and brutalize uh, a bunch of peacefully protest uh, peaceful civil rights protesters actually um if i could i'm gonna go back to some of the um Some of the things that people say about these protests that I I might not necessarily agree with. So, some people say, like, first, okay, I agree not all cops are bad, right? But in this situation, cops are meant to protect us. And there's certain jobs that you can't just have people... You just can't have a job with some bad apples in it, quote-unquote, right? Because having a cop who's not protecting the public is like having a pilot who doesn't know how to land a plane, essentially... So it's like, if you have a cop that's not going to protect the public, then what's the point of having the cop, right?
1: Exactly. It's just like in the medical field. You can't have a bad brain surgeon. It doesn't matter. You, there shouldn't be any bad brain surgeons. Why? Because it's lethal. The same way that there shouldn't be racist cops. It is lethal.
0: Right. So uh, going back to some of the causes of these protests, actually, um, a lot of times I see uh, counts of, like, blacks getting killed by whites or whites getting killed by blacks. And, well, my first instinct is to say that's not what these protests are about, right? It's not about interracial conflict. It's about uh, kind of racial profiling and discrimination against specific races by the police. And I think that that factor of these protests is often misunderstood because black, time, black Americans are 2.5 times more likely than whites to be killed by police according to um, a Harvard Public Health Review, I believe. So you've got, you've got um, police killings all over the country uh, that are proportionally imbalanced toward black people. And I see a lot of people saying like, oh, white people are killed more than black people by police. And my answer to that is, yeah, there's more white people in America. Black people only make up 13% of the population but they're affected much more disproportionately to their population in the United States.
1: Yeah, and for people to say that, it's honestly just like, here's my thing. People are just protesting their right to live. Why is that a problem? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, why is, why does it even have to get to that point, you know?
0: Yeah, and an argument you might hear against that is like, oh, these people are not protesting, they're rioting. Well, first of all, a lot of those riots weren't caused by the peaceful protesters. Most of them started peacefully. Most of them are peaceful, right? That's that. Second of all, you need to reorganize your priorities. If you're saying, yes, black people are being killed by the police often, but properties are burning. Like, you got to rearrange your priorities. You can say properties are burning, but black people are disproportionately killed by policemen, right? You got to think about what do you value more, human life or property,
1: Exactly. Like, I was having a discussion with somebody um, earlier today, and they were saying that if you had, if you didn't have a problem with small businesses and big businesses being demolished and destroyed, then like go ahead and unfollow them. And honestly, like I see a flaw in that statement because, sure, small businesses are going to feel a little bit of heat from this, so are larger corporations, but guess what? Those buildings can be rebuilt, everything can be restored, and they can come back and be at the same place that they were in a couple of months. These black people who are dying, almost like it's becoming like a daily, weekly thing now, they can't come back their lives are gone, and their families will take years and years to heal. What matters more? A building that can be put back to how it was in, like, a couple of weeks, even? Or, or a Black life that was lost for no reason whatsoever?
0: I totally agree with that. Uh, and another thing that a lot of people have been saying is, like, people are dying at these riots, like, this is counterproductive. What they don't realize is that more people who are protesting Uh, quote-unquote rioting sometimes most of the time peaceful protesting are being killed by or blinded by like rubber bullets um suffering like from flash grenades um tear gas is horrible like you've seen you see countless videos like i saw one uh the other day of literally a pregnant woman and a black man in a car together who are getting repeatedly tear gassed by the police um 37 year old journalist linda Tirado was hit in the eye by a rubber bullet and she's now blind in one eye um you see this kid um forget what his name was it's just horribly gory scenes of just police brutality at these protests that are protesting that exact thing you
1: know yeah and it's just like okay i understand like some of the police that are joining the protest and i appreciate that like thing that we need to get through our heads to like some african americans i i will admit this that like not all police are bad and i understand that that's like a really touchy topic to talk about right now but like honestly yeah not all police are bad and the ones who choose to stand and march with us we appreciate them you know they're the ones that are for us they're the ones that are here for a better future as for all of the ones that understand that we are protesting against police brutality yet they keep trying to make it a violent situation like they're not helping themselves I know that they think that they're helping themselves by using their power and abusing it but honestly they're just making it worse for themselves and they are just starting to like make anger rise in people you know and it's it's not healthy
0: Yeah, I think another thing that we might see as a result of this is, like, a rise in vigilante justice, you know? Like, we've seen uh, this hacker group, uh, Anonymous, come out of of the world of work after six years. Six years of being totally silent uh, with any new findings, and now they've just put out a statement about the Minneapolis protests coming out in favor of the protesters, you know? So I feel like if you can't trust the police... Like, who are you supposed to trust, you know? Because Anonymous obviously doesn't have much credibility, so it's not worth trusting them. You might, you probably shouldn't trust your fellow citizens, because that's just not, we just haven't learned to place that trust in them, and they haven't deemed themselves worthy of carrying that trust. So what do you do when when the cops can't protect you? So this next segment we're going to do, I've done with a lot of guest hosts before, uh, in the context of the coronavirus. What I want to ask you is, how has your life been ever since these protests started? Like, uh, how has your life changed and how has it been affected?
1: It's opened my eyes to the true colors of a lot of people that um, I honestly thought were my friends. Times like these just really show you who your true friends are because they, people who don't speak up about this just like they really concern me cuz it's honestly one of two things either you agree and you're on the side of the oppressor or you're uncomfortable with speaking if you're uncomfortable i get that it's an uncomfortable topic but so is being profiled for something that you have no control over
0: yeah i feel like the The ignorance of some people in understanding the plight of black Americans and less, um, which this is less about minorities in general, but uh, just minorities in general, understanding the life that they live and how it's different from the life of a white American, uh, I just feel like a lot of people don't understand that, you know? We are back, actually, today is June 18th, it's been a while since I recorded last, Um, but uh, Sarah and I are back to kind of discuss a little bit more of the complexities uh, of the issues surrounding this movement and surrounding these protests. So is there anything that you would want to start off with, Sarah?
1: Um, I want to start off with, like, just honestly ways that people can help. Personally, I wasn't able to go to any of the protests and stuff just for safety reasons. But um, I found ways to help people who were going and helping support them and stuff.
0: So um, what are some ways that you have in mind?
1: Uh, well, personally, I made some signs for some friends who were going. And I provided water and stuff. And then other ways that you can help are like doing things like that. Or you can donate to the organizers of the protest just so that they can um go out and get supplies and whatnot
0: Mm -hmm. another really cool place you can donate to is is a bail fund so bail funds are basically like uh places that collect money to bail out like protesters or people that might not necessarily deserve to be like imprisoned Uh, especially like in the case of protesting a lot of times we'll see a lot of people being um wrongfully imprisoned or imprisoned with a group that they were not necessarily, like, associated with. Um, And on another note, I don't really believe in the bail system because I don't think someone's ability to get out of prison should rely on their monetary, like, stature. But uh, bail funds are a really cool place to donate to because they can help people out a lot.
1: Yeah, especially because, I mean, a lot of the protesters who are doing these peaceful protests and stuff... A lot of the times they're not really rioting or anything. It's honestly people who take it out of proportion, I feel like, who start burning things and all that. so for mm-hmm. them for the peaceful ones to be like arrested and put in jail, I feel like that's that's not fair at all, and it's kind of just like making it's fueling the anger, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think bail funds are definitely a way to combat that. And also, another really cool place is called Campaign Zero. Mm-hmm. So Campaign Zero is essentially a police reform group that's been working on policy solutions that are, quote, informed by data and human rights principles. Um, and you can, you can donate to them or support them by, like, um, spreading awareness about Campaign Zero. Uh, and they have, some, they have some very reasonable ideas about police reform. Um, that I think um, a lot of people can agree with and a lot of people can support to, I guess, help out with the cause, whether or not you um, fully support the cause. I think that Campaign Zero makes some very reasonable um, demands and requests of the police department and of our government.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot of things that we can do. Like, if you are in the financial position to donate, then that's another way of helping. Like, I feel like what a lot of people, like, have trouble understanding is, like, oh, if I can't go to a protest, then I'm not being helpful, you know? But mm-hmm. there's so many other, like, outlets and avenues that you can help with, even if it's just, like, do like making signs for people. Like, if that's all you can do, then that's fine. You're still helping and you're still contributing to the positives. So...
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, helping out with this cause is uh, you don't necessarily have to go to a protest like COVID-19 is still a very real issue. Yeah. And I think it's it's totally reasonable to be still aware about that. That's actually uh, one of the reasons I haven't been going to protests. But there's so many other ways to help out, like donating, um, signing petitions is a big thing. It takes oh, yeah. Um, it takes like not even half an hour out of your day to sign like like 30 to 40 petitions, and, and it can really help out a lot. Um, another th- really big thing that you can do is go out and vote or get involved in your government. So the, the two main ways to get involved in your government are like voting, first of all, and then secondly, as a citizen of a state or of a county, um, you are allowed to actually write letters or call your state or county representatives or district representatives. I mean, Um, basically, you can reach out to government officials and uh, demand change or or make requests of these officials. And that can really make a big difference because a lot of times what you'll see is the people that are running for office are always going to rely on the opinions of their constituents. So if they see more and more people saying that, oh, we need this kind of police reform. Um, this is the kind of thing that you need to work on putting in place so that I can feel safer around the police or the police can be more effective in policing. Um, that's something that they'll listen to because it's something that they're forced to listen to, not only to get reelected, but as with their accountability as a government official.
1: Yeah, and another thing like with voting... Um, I personally don't really vote off of parties, like, that's just not how I work. Um, and I feel like I'm not saying that everybody has to, you know, follow me, but I am just saying that when you are voting, you need to choose people that support your personal beliefs, you know, like, you need a vote for people if you're, okay, if you're pro-life, then you'll probably vote for someone who is pro-life and vice versa if you're pro-choice and all of that stuff. So I feel like people need to kind of veer off of the, oh, well, they're a Democrat or, oh, well, they're a Republican. So obviously, like, you just need to vote for people who support your moral values and your beliefs.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's really important and I think that's especially important to do in uh local elections. Like I feel that like the general election for the president is the most important election you'll have, but local elections come around so much more frequently and there's so many more of them. Yeah. That by voting in local elections, you're probably going to affect um, the environment that you live in more because policing is state-funded for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so if you do vote locally, you're probably going to be making a bigger change. And uh, that's what you brought up is a great point. You have to vote with your mind, not with your party, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the only way that like our country will truly like start changing for the better. If people would get like prejudice against whichever party if they get that out of the way and just try and say hey um I like what this person stands for and they support what I morally believe in and they support what I agree with so I'll vote for them you know it it doesn't matter which party they're in it's just will this person support my beliefs you know
0: Right. And it just for me, it happens to be that right now the Democratic uh, a lot of big players in the Democratic Party um, are just adhering more to my values and adhering more to the issues that that I speak to and that I I care about. Like um, they talk a lot about like inequality. Inequality is a very big issue for uh, the Democratic side of the um, of the field right now. And that's just why I happen to lean that direction a little bit at this point in time, like, who knows, even in like 10 years, it might be that not even 10 years, like five years, it might be that we find uh, a candidate like um, like John McCain, who's who talks about inequality, who cares about inequality, but has some different fiscal policies that I might like. It's really not about what party you choose. It's about the people that you choose to vote for. And I think that's a really important thing to realize when you're voting. Um, and when you're just considering who to support and who to give money to, because that's another way you can yeah. support uh, local government and even um, national government.
1: Yeah, I just think voting's like a really important thing that people need to take part in. Um, I feel like a lot of people think that their vote doesn't matter. And that's something that... Um, That is something that, like, I don't know, we just all think about, like, hey, my one vote doesn't matter. But honestly, everyone's vote does matter. And if you're just going to sit there and complain about, oh, this country isn't doing the best, but you're not going to vote, then you're just, you're not really helping the problem either, you know?
0: Right. And then um, also when you're voting locally, you're going to see ballots that are won by, like, tens of votes or even in the single digits of votes if it's a really close election. And in that case, your vote does matter, you know. And if enough people yeah. decide that their vote does matter and decide that they want to take part in in government and want to support this cause, like the Black Lives Matter cause or uh, support police reform, then voting is something, it's a very effective way to support these things. And it really does matter if you, whether you think so or not.
1: I agree with that. Um, just like how like President Trump was voted into office and just like the amount of changes that have happened in this country, not really gonna go into detail about that, but mm. you can see how much it has changed over the four years. That mm-hmm. he's been in office and back when President Obama was in office you could have seen the change that was happening when he was in office for eight years so honestly um, voting matters whoever is running the country it matters their moral values and beliefs matter if we're gonna make a positive change in this country
0: for sure and uh, a lot of people kind of wonder, like, what kind of changes is this protest speaking to? Like, um, what is this protest pushing for? And I think one of the main things to understand in this situation is the issue of institutional and systemic racism, which are sometimes used interchangeably. But, um, it's essentially just, like, a form of racism or a form of inequality based on race that's expressed in social and political institutions and social and political systems. So, um, For example, a lot of times you'll see um, poor neighborhoods are predominantly um, black neighborhoods, right? And that's because of Mm -hmm. the systemic racism that's been going since slavery. And then you also have with the police system, the systemic racism that exists there is the police system originally um, was instituted as a slave patrol. So you have this system that's been against minorities and specifically black people from the beginning. And that's a prime example of systemic racism. For example, in in policing, one of the things we've been pushing for is like sensitivity training, um, which is yeah. a very big thing. And that's to kind of mitigate some of the risk and some of the, um, I guess, the residue of this policing system that was designed to go against black people, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's like, it's the things like that that um, people honestly need to educate themselves on. Because when pe- when people of color say that the system wasn't built for us, that is literally what we mean. Like, we're not saying, like, oh, police aren't going to protect me because I'm black. Like, no. I am very thankful for the police. I know that they are here to protect. But the fact that the system was literally not made for us. Like, it was made to keep us back, you know? If we mm-hmm. don't open our eyes to that and if we don't educate ourselves on that, like people aren't going to they're not going to understand number 1, that'll just cause more division because of the misunderstanding between like people of color and just like other people trying to figure out like what this whole movement is about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I don't know. It's just it needs to be it needs to be taught and people need to read up on it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I think that a a little bit more of a subtle way to look at it, uh, you see it in every single facet of society. Um, For example, you had the uh, voter suppression debacle in Atlanta like a week ago or so. Mm -hmm. So that is an example of systemic racism because basically the reason... Um, that this happened is that all these people showed up in Atlanta, right? Which obviously has a larger population than literally anywhere else in Georgia. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: each area is assigned the same amount of voting machines, which is allocated by the state legislature. So when you have all these places that are um, all these places with disproportionate populations with the same amount of voting machines, you're going to end up with one, some under-resourced places under... Um, I guess, undersupplied places and some oversupplied places. And it just happens to be that in urban areas in Georgia, you find a lot more minorities and a lot more um, black people and less so in rural areas. So that is just, that's not a coincidence. It's an example of um, systemic racism because urban areas generally are more populated by minorities and they tend to be more diverse areas. And so I think resource allocation should be uh, divvied up based on population and that, that would solve a lot of these problems. And I think that's a big thing to understand in terms of these protests because these protests have taken on a larger meaning than just police reform. You see a condemnation of all systemic and institutionalized racism across America and I think um, voter suppression is one of the one of the more subtle issues that a lot of people don't think about but that's a very real issue.
1: Yeah, that's really true. Um, again, it's just it's just coming with understanding these things and trying to get our leaders and government officials to come together to learn, to understand, and to improve.
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about the implicit bias in in the police system, because I think that's the most relevant uh, piece of systemic racism that we can look at right now in terms of these protests. So one one big example is the war on drugs, which was instituted by Ronald Reagan. So the war on drugs essentially was to um, completely take out drugs from like affluent neighborhoods, right? Because that's Um, That's a lot of where drugs used to be, I believe, and then a result of that was that these drugs coming out of these affluent neighborhoods, predominantly white neighborhoods, um, even middle class was predominantly white in Reagan's time. You see Mm -hmm. a lot of these drugs coming out of middle class areas and into uh, impoverished neighborhoods and a lot of times predominantly black neighborhoods. So then that uh, is kind of entangled with the issue of drug possession, right? Because you can be arrested for drug possession and drug distribution. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. as a direct result of this war on drugs, flooding drugs into these impoverished black communities, you see a lot more uh, incarceration of black people because of um, this disproportionate distribution of drugs and kind of the the forcing of drugs on on black Americans you know just as a result of the war on drugs
1: yeah that is very true um a lot of nonprofits that um I know of I know of one in particular the name literally just slipped my mind but they take um young boys from um areas that are impoverished impoverished and um they bring them out away from drugs and everything and try to um, let them know what else is available for them. Like they don't have to turn to the streets, you know? And I think that if like as a nation, if we start coming up with more of these nonprofits organizations and like helping people, know that, like, hey, just because I come from the streets, that doesn't mean that I have to stay here, you know, because a lot of the times they see what's around them and they see that that is all that they're good for. And then they just go and do it and it just replicates itself every generation. So I feel like if we start, you know, if it's even like mentoring programs, like, helping younger kids who need to get off of the streets, you know, if it's just getting them involved in sports or um, arts or things like that, just to let them know that there's other avenues where they can um, express themselves and use their talents instead of just going to the streets and copying what's around them, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think that's a big part of um, kind of the idea that enamors me the most about this whole situation is that we see a lot of um protesters pushing for when people say defunding Mm -hmm. the police um it's not necessarily completely taking away funding from the police it's taking um some of what the police do like a lot of times police are called in mental health situations and school discipline situations and kind of giving that to the areas that could either handle it better or need it more like funding the education sector more um even funding, like, uh, the mental health side of medicine more. Uh, I think that's a really big part of, of the push and the cause of uh, of these protests. And I think that's kind of the main takeaway that, that I yeah, got from it.
1: It's just, um, honestly, personally, um, I was, I'm lucky to be able to not be in environments that are... Um, filled with drugs and all of that. Um, I was very, I'm privileged, you know, I got to go to a private school and get a private education. And I feel like with the whole defunding the police thing, I understand where the anger comes from, where people get upset about it. But again, it's just another right. misunderstanding. Like you need to read into it. You can't just take the headline and then get mad about it, you know, like
0: right. And I get how it's I get how it's scary for some people.
1: Yeah.
0: because um, like a lot of times, the police, like it or not, are are kind of they are law enforcement, right? So they're the people that have to go through and enforce the laws. And I think a lot of people are scared that if you lose the police, you lose any kind of law enforcement, so the laws don't mean anything anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the main grievance with the police at this point in time is that. They're failing to enforce the law fairly, which is the kind of the point of the law.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
0: when you when you hear things like defund the police um, or like all cops are bad and stuff like that, I I get how it can be very, very intense. But uh, I would encourage you to I would encourage the listeners to read up on these issues and kind of these these slogans, for lack of a better word. And understand the motive behind them and understand what they really mean. Because I think a lot of times they're misunderstood.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of things about this movement, there are misunderstood. And I'm not saying that I agree with every single part of the movement. I'm not saying that I condone all of the actions that have been taken. But, you know, I understand them because Mm -hmm. I've read up on them. And even myself being a person of color, I am a person of color, but I have been lucky enough to like, if I'm in the store, I have never in my life been racially profiled in the store and like public places like that. So I honestly, I think that that's like, I'm honestly lucky to be one of the few, but Personally, I have never experienced it, so I didn't know, you know. So I educated myself, and now I understand why certain measures are being taken and why people are taking it as seriously as they are, you Mm -hmm. know.
0: I think that um, that is a good place to end. I think that what we need to leave with is knowing that even if we might not understand a cause, even if we might not understand something at first, uh, we need to do our best to get to know about it and do our best to um, understand where the other people are coming from because there's always an other side to every, um, to every controversy, and I think that both sides can have reasoning behind them, and I think it's just understanding that reasoning and making informed decisions rather than um, following what other people say that i would really encourage our listeners to do i think we can wrap it up there uh this has been we're not experts but um special thanks to sarah Miguel for being here with me today uh this was produced by me my name is garb uh you can follow us on instagram at not underscore experts underscore podcast um we will be linking some charities in the description of this podcast and in my in the instagram bio of how you can help fight police brutality and engage in the Black Lives Matter movement. Special thanks to Claire for helping me come up with this idea, and we'll see you next time.